In the day-to-day life of our family, I'm the planner. I work out the logistics of car maintenance or our weekly calendar. I research most purchases, I do the budget, and I plan the meals for the week. I'm administratively minded, so these chores are things I enjoy doing and for which I have a gift. But when Jordan and I go on vacation, he plans everything. As I tell him, I just want to show up and be surprised. He always does an excellent job, and he always covers his bases by asking me early in the planning process, is there anything you want to make sure we don't miss? When it came to planning our trip to Hawaii, I only had one requirement, volcanoes. As native Floridians, we've seen beaches. Jordan makes an excellent tiki drink. We have a swimming pool in our backyard. And as pale as I am, I don't require much sunshine. But even without active lava flows, Hawaii has one thing I may never get the chance to experience again. And that is to see the creation of new earth. In Hawaii, especially on the big island, creation seems to be everywhere. The airport in Kona is built on barren lava fields. It looks like you're landing on the surface of the moon. There are currently 13 different ecosystems found in the world, and of those, eight are found on the big island of Hawaii. This allows you to experience within a matter of hours the lush fern forests of Puna, the sunny rugged lava plains of Kona, the cool and misty breezes of Waimea, the dry heat of Keiu, and the snowy plains on Mauna Kea. With five volcanoes, the whole island has evidence of previous lava flows. And since the still ongoing 1983 eruption of the Kilauea volcano, more than 600 acres have been added to the island. And at Volcano National Park, you can watch as steam coming off the crater of a volcano creates new clouds which bring rain nearly daily at 3 p.m. In our everyday, we can forget that creation did not just happen in six days so long ago. God is still creating today. So today, when we hear God through the prophet Isaiah say, I am about to do a new thing, now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? All I can think of is lava. We think of nothing as being more unchanging than the ground upon which we stand. And yet, God finds a way to keep creating new land on this earth. We like to think our identity, who we are at our core, is unchanging. But God is also doing new things through us and to us each and every day of our lives. And that is the message of Lent. Things can look dark. Things can seem settled. But with God, all things are possible. We cannot put God in a box. God is free to break all the rules. And watch out now, because God is about to do a new thing. Jordan told me a story on the plane to Hawaii that has been on repeat in my head these past weeks. There was a farmer whose horse ran away. 
and his neighbor came over to console him. Oh, Joe, I am so sorry to hear about your horse. That is just terrible. The farmer responded, who knows what's good or bad? The next day, the horse returned, and he came back with six other horses. And the neighbor, amazed at the farmer's good fortune, says, Joe, what good luck you've had. But the farmer again responded, who knows what's good or bad? The next day, while trying to break the new Mustangs, the farmer's son was bucked and had to be rushed to the hospital with a broken neck. The son was put into a full-body cast and sent home. The neighbor, who came by to bring a meal to the family, looked at the farmer and said, Joe, what a terrible accident. And the farmer merely responded, who knows what's good or bad. The next day, a war is announced, and all able-bodied young men are drafted. As the son is recovering from a massive injury, he is spared from the draft. The neighbor, who is just blown away by the roller coaster of a week the farmer is having, again comes over to chat. How fortunate you are that your son is not heading off to war, he exclaimed. And the farmer, slowly putting his hands in his pockets, leaned back on his heels and predictably responded, who knows what's good or bad? As I was mesmerized by the acres of lava that spilled out and cooled over a once lush landscape, I felt some sense of sadness. Houses on certain parts of the island are destroyed by lava flows such as last summer's with little to no warning. Some areas expect lava every six years. So the poor, this is the only place where they can really afford to live, use corrugated metal shipping containers as houses so that rebuilding is easy. Plants and animals are wiped away by lava that can be up to 2,200 degrees Fahrenheit. Signs around the island warn of ash and gases and earthquakes and fault lines. And I'm sure in the middle of a volcanic eruption, this can indeed feel like the end of the world. Lava is death. It is destruction. And it can be terrifying. And that is what we see in the gospel today. The disciples are in denial, but Mary of Bethany predicts Jesus' upcoming death. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. Whether knowingly or not, Mary prophesies Jesus' death. And Jesus confirms his death is imminent. Jesus said, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. To those present, Jesus' death looks like the end. It looks like destruction. It looks like evil winning in an already hard world. And it looks terrifying. But we know that through the death of Jesus Christ, God is about to do a new thing, even if we cannot perceive it. As it turns out, pain or the avoidance of pain are not good measures of what is evil or good in this world. As we hiked through the lava fields, we encountered new life. Small flowering trees, insects, shrubs, and grasses all taking root in solid rock. 
We saw the change in terrain as this hard rock would slowly be converted into rich soil. And we saw animals quickly move back into what should have been barren land. Although the lava looked like death and destruction from the beginning, God was using the lava in order to create the world and new life from it. The words from Jordan's story kept popping into my brain. Who knows what's good or bad? I certainly don't. But God does. God is getting ready to do a new thing, a good thing. But Jesus must die for it to happen. We can be resistant to change. We look back with our rose-colored glasses and think about the good old days, the days when everything was simpler or happier or just made sense. But God is not calling us to sit in our comfort zone. God wants us to be open to change, even crazy, unpredictable, painful change. Because God can and will do anything he pleases. Yes, it is helpful, as is so often reiterated in the Old Testament, to look back and see what God has done for us. It is helpful to see God's pattern of faithfulness to his chosen people in the past. But God is not limited to acting the same way in the future. God can and does move and create mountains, literally, as we see in the chains of islands in Hawaii. God can create rivers where there once were not any. God can bring a multitude of animals to fill this new land, even if it's an island. And God can change our hearts. He can change us if we just let him. Lent is often painful as we focus on the mistakes and shortcomings of our lives. But it is even more so a time for hope. We have hope God is doing something new, even if we don't yet perceive it. We have hope that no matter who we've been in the past, that God will help us turn our lives around. We have hope that no matter how painful our lives are now, that God is bringing about good and making us new each and every day of our lives. And we have this hope not because of who we are, but because of who God is. God is always forgiving. God is always merciful. And God is always creating.